Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or are well on your way to the success you desire with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now, I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Greetings, everybody. This is Mike Stromso bringing you the next episode in the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. I am honored beyond honored, grateful, thankful to have on the podcast, the unstoppable Susan Shaw. Susan, how are you doing? Doing awesome, Michael. How are you? Fantastic. Even better now that you're here. So I, I, I could not be more excited. We've been trying to make this happen and I continue to learn about the amazing things that Susan is doing out there in the world, on the globe, not just locally, but beyond that. And uh, I was able to corral her for just a few minutes of her very valuable time. And I want to learn more about the latest of what uh, Susan is doing. And, and the great thing is she's got a couple things going on that are probably very common to anybody who's either watching this or listening to it. She's in the insurance industry, the insurance agency industry. And she is somebody that as long as I've known Susan, very high integrity and so forth. And before we went on today, uh, we were talking about uh, what we're learning. And uh, we were sharing about something we're learning. In fact, I'm looking at part of what I was learning just this morning, uh, which is talking about uh, leadership. And it is learning to fortify and live in alignment with your integrity. And when I think about that, uh, Susan is one of the names that comes to the top of the stack because that's what she has. And we also discussed, and this will lead into what I want to start learning from Susan for all of your benefit. You are one. 100% responsible for how you react to anything. And Susan has identified a lot of things that she wants to contribute to out there in the world. She has reacted in a very big way. So Susan, again, thank you for being with us today. And before we get started on your reactions to so many uh, worthy causes that are going on out there in the world, uh, tell us a little bit about for those who may or may not have heard about you. Um, what the latest is, where are you from, a little bit about your agency, anything you're comfortable sharing. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to. First of all, I come from, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled, honestly, to be here and share some time with you, Mike. So thank you so much. Um, my husband and I own a family-owned business, show insurance agency. I grew up in a home where business owners, we were small business owners. My father owned, um, he was actually, he was a nuclear physicist. So this is kind of an interesting story. My, uh, my, my father was a nuclear physicist at General Dynamics for a number of years and then decided that he really didn't want someone else to control his ceiling, which I love that. So he stepped out um, having two young daughters and then a, a baby uh, at the time and decided to open a real estate company. So he did and uh, continued that for a number of times. He loved teaching. So he actually started the real estate courses at all the now known as, as TCC, but Tarrant County Junior College at the time and started all the real estate courses on those campuses and actually authored 13 books in real estate. So um, my passion as a small business owner starts years and years ago. Um, I spent a number of years in real estate, Howard, my husband, spent uh, 
about 17, 18 years as a general contractor and then real estate. And then about 21 years ago, we took over a family uh, insurance agency. Um, one of our main carriers, Germania, had contacted them back in 1982. And um, my dad was, you know, I happen to think insurance is interesting. My dad, not so much. He really enjoyed the real estate portion and the teaching portion, but he, he valued Germania. So he went ahead and started a small agency. But after he became ill, my mother ran it. Um, and then after my father passed away, my mother ran it by herself, but it was still one company, home only, that was it. So 21 years ago when Howard and I bought it, then we had the opportunity to then really turn it into something and really build what we wanted um, the agency to look like. So uh, we had not worked for another agent prior to that. So let's just jump in both feet, right? Mm -hmm. We did, we jumped in and 21 years later, you know, um, we have built an agency that not only um, makes a difference in the lives of our insureds, um, because we truly believe that what we do matters, but we also make a difference in our community. And we are big believers in you give back. I mean, this is a community I grew up in. I'm located in Hearst, Texas, which is a um, small town, but it's in between, it's right outside of Fort Worth, so in between Dallas and Fort Worth. And uh, we like, to, us Texans, we know the difference between Tarrant County side and Dallas side. <laughs> so I'm definitely a Tarrant County gal and um, very proud of our community. But um, yeah, I'm proud of the opportunity and the ability to be able to give back. That's important. Absolutely. And uh, as long as I've known you, I've also always known you as a giver first. And, and, and that's in direct alignment with a lot of people that we mutually not only know, but the alignment of UPP and that the law of reciprocity is always in effect. And it starts with giving without the expectation of anything in return and everything else will ultimately take care of itself. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. You know, we all know people who they just, they hold on to something and they hold it so tight because they don't want to lose it, you know? And then when they open their hand, it's, it's gone. I mean, it's like it shriveled it, it ran through their fingers, but they don't have it because it was because they were gripping onto it so hard that they didn't want to lose it. And because of that, um, they lost all of it. You know, and I just don't believe in that. I believe that, you know, when we're sharing ourselves, our, our time, our talents, our treasures, when we're sharing those things, it's going to come back. And, but that's not the reason why you do it. You do it because it's exactly. the right thing to do is to give back. But in doing those things, uh, the law of reciprocity, it's, it's going to come back to you. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Can I also share one thing from that uh, training that uh, we were talking about before we went you on? Yeah, please. I, I mean, I learned this last week and, and this one was one of those aha moments where you just sit silently for a minute because you're like taken back so far. Right. So there was a man who was old and he was dying. And, and this is, this will play exactly into what you just said. So hopefully it helps everybody to see the watching, watching and or listening. A man who was old and dying was asked who he would want to be if he could come back and do it all over again. He said, I would want to come back as the man I could have been, but never, but never was. So, you know, props, major props to you, Susan, because you were not letting that happen. You are the woman that you would want to become by doing so much for so many. So trying to be the dog, the, the woman that my dog thinks I am. 
My puppy thinks I'm awesome, so. Well, I think you're awesome too, and so do many others. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, so the industry and what you and your husband have built uh, from an agency standpoint has allowed mm -hmm. you some freedom. It has. And that's at the core of our program. We believe if you grow your business, you will create wealth, but it will also mm -hmm. give you freedom to live life on your own terms. Your terms are giving back in the law of reciprocity. So talk about some of the things you're involved in in the community because of that uh, freedom that you've earned and how it's making a difference for other people. And ultimately, at some point, I want you to start talking about your work. As humble as you are, I know it's difficult for you, but talk about the great things that have happened in Goals for Bowls. Oh, I would love to. In my community, first of all, again, growing up in a small business um, entrepreneur family, the Chamber of Commerce is a big deal. You always, uh, you know, a business joins the Chamber of Commerce. So I am fortunate to be the chairman of the board of the HGB Hershey's Bedford Chamber of Commerce. So I give a great deal of my time to the local Chamber of Commerce and I try to give back. Um, as far as maybe it's business owners that are just starting out, maybe they need a mentor that um, maybe has already seen and gone through some of those struggles. So if I can help and give some advice on that, maybe some, sometimes you have to learn it on your own and learn the hard way, but there are times that someone uh, will seek advice and, and actually take it and can avoid some of those pitfalls. But I believe in giving back to the community. I'm also involved in a wonderful organization, uh, Mid-Cities Women's Clinic, and um, for abortion-minded women, maybe women that find themselves um, in unplanned uh, pregnancies. And there are uh, many times that I'm able to, uh, to uh, pour into that ministry as well been involved with a organization called Community Enrichment Center for about 15 years. And, you know, it started out just working in the food pantry. And so every Thursday night for probably about 13 years, uh, unless my daughter was on the soccer field and I was at the food pantry, but, uh, and now I serve on their board as well. So I believe in giving back to my community. Many times people will say, um, Mike has mentioned goals for bowls, and I'll tell you a little bit about that, but you know, I do hear people say, oh, I don't want, I don't want to give to um, something outside of our own country. I believe in helping here. Well, I do too, you know, uh, but there's, there's enough to help here and there's enough to help um, in other places as well. But um, my daughter uh, grew up playing soccer. She played soccer all of her life and played for Texas A&M. And there'll be those that hear this and say, giggle. So giggle. Uh, That's right. those ags go ags. But she, she played for Texas A&M. And, um, and again, we volunteered at, a food, at food pantries for years. And so um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with Tom's Shoes, especially women. But it, they're a one-for-one -one model. So my daughter's senior year, she decided, why not now? You know, she always thought she would do a nonprofit, but she wasn't exactly sure what. She read a book. Uh, by the founder of Tom's and said, why not now? So she um, found a manufacturer. She designed her the logo and Goals for Bowls was formed. And it is, we are a 501c3. And so, and we, we don't take any, any donations from the, or, or excuse me, any, we don't pay any expenses from the foundation from donations. So, you know, I have a, a good business 
you know, and my daughter has a good business, has a good job. So, you know, all of our, our donations go to food. And so there's not a lot of nonprofits that can say literally every dollar, 100% goes to buying food. So as of right now, we, uh, we just returned from South Africa and Botswana and Zimbabwe, which happened to be our sixth mission trip. We've been to, uh, may I go ahead and list those, Mike? Yeah, please go ahead. Okay. So, okay. Before you go ahead and do that, let me get clear on one thing. You yes. just got back from where? And give me the continent. Well, it's Africa. Okay. Africa. We were in we were in South Africa and did a little bit of mission work there. But the bulk of our mission work was in Botswana. And a lot of us will call it Botswana, but locally it's known more as Botswana. Uh-huh. And, and uh, finished up the last of our trip in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe part was probably a little more fun and, and definitely cleaner <laughs> than the Botswana part, but we did spend three weeks. Um, it was a it was um, quite an experience um, with hippos and crocodiles and other wild animals around. And uh, it's summer here in Texas. It's also winter in Botswana. So during the day beautiful 80 85 degrees at night it'll go up down to about 35 and uh, we were camping the majority of the time so my little nylon tent um not only does it keep you very warm but it's not that great of protection against hippos that are coming through the camp either so we did have hippos that that came through the camp um a little frightening (laughs) but but we made it fine but did they, did they uh, get you up in the middle of the night for some reason or? Oh yeah, you could hear them. I wasn't ever going to get up during the middle of the night. I didn't care what happened. I was, I was staying in my little tent, but no, you could definitely hear the, the hippos come through and one would be, you could hear someone this end of camp and then they, over here they would answer. So they would kind of talk to each other and uh, which is a little disturbing when you're in the middle of that. But, yeah. Um, there were so many wonderful things that we were able to do. Um, so the goal of, of Goals for Bowls, and I'll tie back to Botswana, yeah. but we sell soccer balls. And so for every soccer ball we sell, we donate a soccer ball to our next upcoming uh, mission trip. And then the donations that we talked about goes to food. So as of right now, uh, we've been to Ghana, Pueblo, Mexico, the Philippines, Juarez, Mexico, Peru, and now South Africa and Botswana. Um, Doing that, we've taken 200 soccer balls. We've taken about 500 New Testament Bibles. We've provided 24 clean water systems in Guatemala. And we have, I am so happy, I'm so excited to be able to tell you that, Mike, as of right now, we have provided just a little over 60,000 meals for children around the world. 60,000. That is awesome. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that. And that's just goals for bowls. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's just goals for bowls. And just to be clear, goals for bowls is something that was formed after your daughter read the book by the founder of Tom's Shoes. And was it your daughter who really took the lead and formed the organization in the first place or was it a joint effort or? No, it was, it was Sarah and she did, uh, she was actually featured on the SEC network. They did a commercial on her and a, an attorney in Southlake, who's an Aggie happened to see 
the uh, the commercial contacted Sarah and said, what can I do to help? This was in the very beginning. And she said, well, can you help us with the 501c3? And he said, done. So he followed all of our paperwork, would not charge us uh, anything to file that paperwork because um, Aggies stick together. They like to help. And so um, she just knew that that through soccer, um, she's... Every year when she was growing up, she would go to this elite soccer camp in um, Santa Barbara, California. And there was, she played soccer with about a dozen Ghanaian boys. And this little ball changed their lives. These young men were sponsored by wealthy American families and they were put up at Dunn boarding school up in the hills of Montecito. And so, but soccer changed their life. Every one of these boys went on to a wonderful Division I school and played soccer, got an education. A number of them went on to play professional, but it was a soccer ball that changed their life. So we always knew Ghana was going to be the first, the first place we would go. And we didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but we knew we had to, there were three things. We had to share gospel because it's, uh, because it's the gospel. We have to uh, with soccer because it's a beautiful game and it opens doors. Right. Sometimes these places, these kids in orphanages, they're, they're not allowed to be kids. They're doing the chores. They're taking care of the babies. They're, they've got babies wrapped around and they're carrying them on their backs. They're not allowed to be children. So the soccer, and then of course you have to feed them. And so we knew that those three things were really what, um, what we were called to do. And so we didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but we knew it had to include those three things, feeding people, the gospel and soccer. So. Got it. What, what an amazing story. So when you were in the camp with the hippos, did you have a guide or something? We partnered with a, um, a local church down there. Okay. Um, Botswana. And so what we did, oh, this, my husband said it looked like a prison, a prison truck. We were in this open truck where it had two two benches on it and covered in, you know with the canvas. Um, so the canvas was was torn and it was flapping in the wind. And so we actually got stopped by Botswana police. They thought we might have been human traffic, but we <laughs> but we weren't. So <laughs> eight hours in this truck, and then we got to um, and we're in a boat for four hours on the Okavanga Delta. So what we did was we went to um, a local warehouse wholesaler um, and this gentleman was so nice and kind and we explained what we were going to be doing. So he gave us a good price. We knew there was about 350 people on this island. And so we actually purchased two tons of food. We had to hire a truck, a different truck to take all the food down there, hire an additional boat to take two tons of food to this island in the Okavanga Delta. And so then um, Sarah and I, along with this other team, and like I said, they were uh, a local church there in Maud, Botswana. And then we went and we were able to go to this island and um, we were greeted with tribal dance, African tribal dance, and the opportunity to, to just give them love, to pour into them. And um, we were totally isolated. There is no stores there's no electricity there's no running water um 
their life is rough. And so for us to be able to come and provide food, and we actually provided enough for one meal a day for 350 people for three months. So in those times, it's a, you, you, you're making a difference. And that's just all I can say is, you know, when you see those smiles and we were walking and carrying the big heavy bags of maize to their huts and thatch roofs, you know, it's, um, it changes your, it changes your worldview. It changes your perspective on what others perceive a problem to be. Somehow the problems become a little bit smaller after you've traveled and been to some of these places like that. And you kind of learn that, that um, it's not that hard sometimes here. And, right. um, my next question was going to be, what was your number one takeaway? But as I was listening to you, I'm, was that it? Was that your number one takeaway? Oh, yeah. Or on, on a bigger scale. So let me reposition. I'll give you a second to think about it too, if I may. May I? Absolutely. So I just want to make sure you said uh, you've been on six trips so far and you rattled off the six locations pretty quickly. So I want to make sure that I ask you to slow down so I can get them down. Okay. You said Ghana, Peru, Africa. And what were the other three? We went to Juarez, Mexico. Okay. Uh, Puebla, Mexico. That was a, a different trip. Okay. Philippines. And the last one? The Philippines. The Philippines. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they've all been completely different yeah. because Ghana is, is so vastly different than Botswana. People go, well, it's Africa. Well, no, it's... It's entirely different. And um, Zimbabwe was different than Botswana. So uh, the African countries are different and uh, different languages and different customs and certainly different landscapes. Yeah, for sure. So pulling back, think about all of your trips, if you can envision you know, where you've been, the encounters that you've experienced, the lives that you changed and touched and changed over all of your trips, can you pull out one thing, or maybe it's the perspective, I don't know, that has been your number one takeaway so far to share with everybody that's listening or watching? The perspective is huge. And I think that every trip has been different, yet every trip has changed me. Um, because you see what other people around the world are really are really dealing with. I think each one was special uh, in its own way, Ghana, because it was our very first one and, and the people were just so so grateful. And we went to a little unreached village that um, they had been told they were gonna get a surprise, but we didn't know that us coming was a surprise. They had never seen white people. So that kind of reaction, the very first time someone sees two white women, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. um, in the Philippines, we worked with a, a ministry that um, it, they weren't an orphanage, but they were a slum. They had a slum ministry, and we weren't able to reach them. And then um, someone in our group was able to go over there, and they had actually closed for the day because they had received, which is why we couldn't, they weren't answering their phone or anything, which is why we couldn't uh, talk to them. But they had been told that morning that they had lost all their funding. They fed 90 slum kids a day. And so 
they said, well, would you be willing to meet with these two American women that are here? So we, at the time, we didn't know. We get over there and they said, well, we closed today because we've, re- we've lost all of our funding. And we, we closed so that we could pray. God, how are we going to pay for these? How are we going to feed these kids? And then later that afternoon, two American women show up and we were able to feed those 90 kids a day for 110 days. Those kind of things put a whole different perspective. Whenever you come home and, and you hear, you know, someone say, oh, I'm starving. And you're like, really? Because you just missed lunch. It's, that's all. You're not starving. You missed <laughs> lunch today. You know, so it just puts a different perspective. Um, yeah, I can... Um, I don't take things quite so serious as I did because um, our problems are are such a light burden to bear whenever we look at, at the issues, the true you know life and death issues that uh, so many people around the country are actually dealing with. You know, I have a nice kitchen to cook in. I'm not cooking over uh, a little fire and uh, worried about whether hippos are coming up behind me. I you know, my problems are small relative whenever you put them into the proper perspective. And so that's probably my best overall takeaway is, you know, put things, put the right, put your problems on, in the right size bucket. You know, they're not all this huge bucket. Sometimes they're just small and, you know, then you don't have to panic over everything. Yeah, you're cooking in your kitchen, in your mm-hmm. home. In my home. With the roof. With heat and AC. With the roof. With heat and, and AC. And a locked door. I mean, it has electricity. <laughs> yeah. And all of that, right? I mean. Yeah. I, I, I think that, and, I, and I've been fortunate, uh, a little quick interjection. I, I was driving a bus one time in Mexico because I used to drive large trucks in my produce days, the produce business. Uh, anybody says, you know how to ride, drive a school bus? I said, I can figure it out. But I was driving through the streets in Mexico in a school bus transporting people that didn't have a third gear on dirt roads that, I mean, we don't know how good we have it, right? Right. And, and ultimately, I, I think everybody needs to have those experiences in life to, like you said, give us a little bit per, better perspective, not to take things so seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When well, I'm home and I can take a, a clean shower. Yeah. Grateful. You know, when we did have indoor plumbing in Botswana, you know, whenever I got into a, a bathtub, I was getting into brown water. I mean, it's hard to feel clean, you know, so be grateful for those things. You know, someone told me the other day, well, my, my wife only eats one meal a day. And I said, but the difference is that's her choice. Right. She's food. It's not these people's choice. This is all they have and they're grateful to have it. So. Yeah, it's not by choice. Right. So I think just, you know, yeah. learn to take the things that, that happen to us, take it in a little more, a little better stride. You know, everything doesn't have to be um, as blown out of proportion that, um, that sometimes we tend to do, tend to become a little self-absorbed. And I think we need to uh, do our best to pull ourselves out of that. And more importantly, um, when you do that, you are modeling that for your children. You right. want to model that for your children. The kids are going to watch what you do, not just what you say. So you can tell a child all day long to do something, but if they see you modeling something different, 
what you're modeling is that's what they're seeing and that's what they hear loud and clear. So, um, you know, when you blow up over small petty things, then don't be surprised when you see your child blow up over not getting his turn or not getting the toy that they want, you know, model the behavior that you can be proud to see your child model. I, I don't know. It's about perspective, I guess. It's really what it boils down to in so many different ways. Um, yeah. I mean, one, one of the core quotes that I've learned over my lifetime that I continue to try to repeat just to make sure I've got it straight in my own mind, because I tried to repeat it to somebody this weekend and I actually forgot a couple of the words, so I need to keep repeating it. Yeah. You know, if we want to have more, mm -hmm. we have to become more. Absolutely. We attract exactly what we are and who we become. And so nice. major props to you and your family, to your daughter, your husband, and everybody else surrounding you that supported this effort for becoming more and giving back to others. Because like you said, not only the kids, but your team members, your community members, your family members, and everybody else, they're watching everything you do and everything you don't do and everything you say and everything you don't say in that jest, right? So ma major props to you for being the example that we all endeavor to follow and for doing what you've done so far. And uh, if, I, if I had known the whole story and I didn't know, that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast. So possibly there's a part two coming, but you know, I'd love to get Sarah on here and, and hear from her because uh, I, I too have uh, many friends in the great state of Texas, by the way, not to be clear. Great state, that's right. <laughs> not only did they teach me it's the great state of Texas, it's the great state of Texas. God's country is the full book. Yes. That's right. That's yeah. what you I've have to taught. say it all together. <laughs> and, and I believe the gentleman who taught me all of that is an Aggie. In fact, he's on the Aggie top 100. So anyway, for business, but uh, I, I completely admire that and everything that you guys have done. So thank you. congratulations, Susan. And thank you. So for last, last question for you, before we wrap this up, um, you know, any other agency owner, any other business entrepreneur out there who might've had a thought or an idea about doing something like this, what would you say to them if they were in this forum right now? Quit making excuses. Say it again, please. Quit making excuses. Mm -hmm. Find a way to do it. It may not be what you end up, the it may not be the end up product. You may have to tweak it along the way, but start something, make it, make a choice, make a decision to move forward and just make it happen. You know, when you sit there, and sit here all day long and I'm not going to go anywhere. But if I pick up my feet and I make that, that step and I'm stepping out, now I'm moving. And so just make a decision and, and, and make, a, make a move. Just do it. Don't be a conformist, right? No, no. We're, we, we're, not, meant, we're not meant to be settled. We aren't meant to be settled and we aren't meant to be alone. And we aren't meant to be... Um, we're not given selfish souls. We're meant to share. And that's not just, it doesn't, that's sharing everything. That's sharing my time, my talents, my treasure. It's sharing knowledge that I have that maybe I can help someone else. It's sharing um, experiences that I've had. You know, everybody's had things in their life that maybe didn't go the way they planned. But if I choose to hold that tight to myself 
then it's really nothing more than just a time in my life that might have sucked. But what if I use that for something to help someone else? At that point, there becomes value in my experience because now I can speak from the heart to someone to say, I've been there. There's no judgment. I've been there. Let's walk through this. And then at that point, my pain that I may have experienced in the past is now used for good. And otherwise, I think it's a wasted, it's a wasted experience and it's a wasted opportunity. And I, I don't believe that God wants us to waste those, um, those precious opportunities when they come our way. 100% agree. I'm going to ask you one more question. If you, yes, you have sir. another minute. Absolutely. Okay. So I want you to turn to your right. Don't grab it. Turn to your right. And there's a picture behind you that yes. I know is very important to you. Yeah. Tell it, just look at the, look back this way and tell us a little bit about that picture right behind you. Point to it for a second. Yeah. What is that all about? Mike, you might make me cry on this one. This is Eunice is the mother and the little girl, this is my daughter and, and myself. This was in Ghana in a little church in Accra. And she needed, the little girl needed um, heart surgery. And the mother was not going to be able to provide it for her. And something about their story touched Sarah and I to our very core. So we took this picture. And, Go ahead and um, grab the frame, if you would, please, and pull it a little bit closer. Okay. Please. Wow. And thanks to our great friend, Chris, for putting that in the frame. Yeah, that's okay. perfect. Perfect. So, so this little girl right here needed the heart surgery. This is her mother and the little brother right down here. I don't know if you can see him as well. And um, so when we got back, we just could not get them out of our minds. So we reached back out to the pastor and said, how much do they need to do this surgery? How much is this surgery? Now, what we tend to forget is that with our high and mighty medicine here, we also comes a pretty hefty price tag. But in other countries, it's not. So they needed about $2,700 to be able to do heart surgery for this little girl. So we sent $2,700. Um, this was not taken out of goals for bowls. It was just Sarah and I, uh, Howard and Sarah and I, that just sent this money to, um, to save this little girl. Um, unfortunately, we didn't make it in time. So it's a very special picture to me, um, but it's a different ending than what we had originally hoped for. Um, when I do it again, I would do the same exact thing because we did what we could um, to help this family and we still were able to share the gospel with this mother. And um, so I would do the same exact thing if given the opportunity again. It just wasn't what we were looking for. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing 
Um, it was never my intent to. Oh no, it, it just is, it's one of those things. Yeah. You, um, you give where you can, when you can, how you can. And um, the results weren't up to us. It just, it happened to be that she had some, um, the little girl's name was Victoria. I don't know if I ever said that. The mother is Eunice, the little girl was Victoria. But there were some other issues that she had to um, get healthy enough in order to have the surgery. And um, so that was the part that uh, she just wasn't able to get healthy enough to be able to successfully have that surgery. Um, what ended up happening, because we had sent the money and um, so because of, of the situation, uh, we then flipped it over, uh, the money over to help. They said, well, we'll send the money back and we'll, we don't want the money back. So uh, we had also visited a children's cancer ward uh, in the hospitals when we were in Ghana. So um, again, the cost difference is so great. So we were able to help uh, with chemotherapy with a number of small children um, who were battling cancer. And you don't want to battle cancer in a hospital in Ghana, I don't believe. No. But, so that's kind of a, um, well, that's a story. So it's just, um, it's real. It's what we, it's what we dealt with. And so, um, so I apologize for getting emotional, but it has my heart. So no need to apologize. May we express our gratitude to you and to your family. Thank you. You're welcome. Necessary, but thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. By the way, that's your story so far, right? So far. Yes. Uh, right now we are, um, already in the plans for 2022. So we will be going to Guatemala and we will be working again with children and feeding lots of kids there. And we will be doing clean water systems. So not only will we provide food and soccer balls and, and New Testament Bibles, but we're going to be able to provide clean water systems for a, hopefully about a hundred families is what we're shooting for. So, um, so mom won't have to walk two or three miles to a, a well. If a village is lucky enough to even have a well, um, it's still not convenient. It's not your water faucet. You know, you're not walking to the room, you're walking several miles. And if you have small children, then that makes the journey a little bit harder. So um, we are going to be providing a hundred clean water systems. There are five, a five gallon bucket ecosystem, but it'll last them about uh, maybe three years. And then of course we'll be um, bringing food and lots of love and hugs and laughter and kisses and you're just holding hands and, you know, playing with little big kids. So we'll be doing that in uh, uh, probably July of 2022. So stay tuned. We got lots more to come in. Can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to help however possible. Yeah. Speaking of helping, yes, uh, sir. does Goals for Bowls have a website? Yes, it is uh, Bowls, And that is like... Is that the number four? No, it's it's the spelled out. So it's G-O-A-L-S-F-O-R-B-O-W-L-S.com. Got it. Okay. And that would be fantastic. Um you know, like I said before, we fund all of our own expenses. So any donation 
is just going to be going to food. And so um, if you go on, on Facebook or on our website, you can see pictures. And we're on Twitter and Instagram as well. But you'll see pictures of, of uh, maybe it's a mom cooking over a fire. Maybe it's, um, I think there's pictures of me making, trying to make uh, cassava uh, or fufu out of cassava. Right. In which they laughed at me. I don't know why, but they laughed at me about that. But um, yeah, any donations are always appreciated and, and they are put to good use. And, you know, and we're always grateful for all of it. We're grateful for every bit of it. So Susan, it's always better to laugh than to cry anyway, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so unless they're tears of joy. Speaking of uh, joy, I know Howard is probably waiting for you at some point. So yep. you've been generous with your time outside of regular hours to help people learn more about the amazing things that you've been doing. Thank you for your time. Uh, we are grateful uh, for you. Uh, Susan Shaw from Hearst, Texas, thank you. Thank you for all you're doing for us, not only locally, but globally. You rock. Any last words before we wrap today? No, I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share. But more importantly, go make a difference. We have everything at our disposal. Go make a difference. You can be a light to someone and you can make a difference. Be the salt. Make it happen. Right. Yeah, so uh, I could go into the story of the starfish, but uh, because of time, I'm not going to go there. Right. Uh, I, will, uh, I will get that to you because that's something that I also share. It's the story of the starfish on the beach. I'm sure you've heard it. So. But to you, I made a difference. I can't save them all, but I can save one. You make a difference to just one person. It's all. One at a time. That's absolutely right. Mike, thank you for the opportunity. I'm so grateful. Thank no, you. No, no. The gratitude all comes from me, but thank you. Thank you to you and your family. We'll be in touch soon. And Sounds uh, great. Until then, get out there and make a difference, right? Absolutely. You as well. All right. Fantastic. So uh, let me just share a little bit of information for everybody because we get this question a lot. Uh, my name is Mike Stromso, and I'm widely recognized as a leading author, speaker, and coach for the independent insurance agency industry. You can find me at unstoppableprofitproducer.com. If you're interested in attending a virtual or live event to grow your business, create wealth, and have more freedom so you can get out there and make a difference yourself, uh, just visit us. The virtual events are uppfaststart.com. That's uppfaststart.com. Or beunstoppablebootcamp.com are the live events as well. Both events, uh, both events are designed to share with you some of our best money-making and freedom strategies proven over 35 years of research in your industry to help you uh, grow your business, create wealth, so you can have that freedom like Susan has to really do the amazing, important things that Susan and her family has. So a little bit of information for everybody because you ask all the time. Thank you. Susan, keep making a difference, my friend. You rock. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Okay. Bye, everybody. On, until the next episode, get out there and make a difference. See you soon. Thank you for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes or share this podcast with someone you care about, please visit www.unstoppableprofitpodcast.com. Now go out and make a difference. Be unstoppable and leave no regrets.